listening to a podcast from Light FM. Unlocking the secret to better parenting. This is Growing Pains on the Light Breakfast. Today, we're talking about sibling favoritism with our resident child psychologist, Katjana Asman. So, Katjana, what are some examples of sibling favoritism? When I think of sibling favoritism, I think about what happens when a parent, whether intentionally or unintentionally, shows a preference towards one child over the other. This can look like the child, sorry, or the parent demonstrating leniency to one child over the other when the child misbehaves or does something wrong. Double standards that also exist between genders is also a form, can also be looked at as a form of sibling favoritism. For example, how um, boys are allowed to potentially get certain privileges that girls don't and you know, being given the line that, oh, it's because he's a boy or she's a girl and things like that. So basically it boils down to mums and dads treating children differently. And this can sometimes be seen as a parent favoring one child over the other. When it comes to twins, triplets, etc., they tend to be victims of this as well. How can mm. parents actively ensure they're not showing any favoritism in, in this case? I think a really big step towards kind of making sure that favoritism isn't something that is practiced within the home is parents just going into it being very cognizant of the fact that whilst there might be certain situations where preference might be given to one child over the other, it's about making sure that every child feels heard and treated with the same amount of respect. And how I think that parents can do this is to always give each child a fair approach when it comes to kind of them talking about their feelings or talking about what upsets them or even just when you have kids kind of going like so-and-so did this and so-and-so did that and kind of having the mindset that regardless of which child might be the one who tends to be a little bit more hyperactive or the child who tends to be a little bit more quote-unquote dramatic and even though every parent kind of has these thoughts in their head that oh well you know this child tends to be a little bit more again air quote sensitive whereas this child tends to be a little bit more rough and tumble so if things break chances are that's the child who's responsible even though there are thoughts like that that unconsciously and and naturally kind of run through every parent's head it's about going into all of these conversations and situations making the conscious effort to to try to be as equal with every child regardless of the background information that you might be carrying into that situation it's also really important to dedicate equal amount of time and resources to all of the children and you know and I think again you know when you have multiples the twins and triplets and so on um, it is very difficult to do so what I really like doing or what I really like advising parents to do and this is something that I advise regardless of if you have multiples or not just having more than one child at home I tell parents it's really nice to kind of have like a dedicated child day so say you have a child named Adam and a child named um, Bobby and you could have a day and have an Adam day and you can have a Bobby day um, and this could kind of rotate weekly and on these particular days, the child could kind of have, be in charge of something that they might kind of think is interesting. So they could pick sort of what everybody wears for the day and all the silly activities you'll do or all the restaurants you're going to eat at or what movie you watch that night. And so they have these little moments throughout the week where they get to feel special and that's something that you can do for all of the kids so they kind of feel that they get your time and they kind of get that little extra bit of attention. One other, they're feeling a little bit kind of like they're not favoured as much. But I think that definitely that mindset of making sure that you were giving every kid in your family a fair shot 
whether it comes to, again, hearing them out, um, their feelings, the time you spend with them, the privileges that they get, regardless of the background that they have. Again, things like gender, their personality, their track record of getting into trouble, like all of those things aside, of course, they can inform your decision making. But I think it's important to be able to give these kids a chance to uh, be treated fairly and equally in that sense. So what happens to the child who suffers from, you know, let's just say being the odd one out? Children who kind of feel like they're being singled out for whatever reason isn't really something that ends quite positively. In my opinion, kind of goes one of two ways. Um, In one direction, it can manifest as anger or a sense of injustice because they feel like as if it's unfair that they're constantly being singled out for whatever reason. And then the other option is when it kind of inverts into themselves and it kind of they kind of internalize that sense of unfairness and they start to feel like as if they don't deserve to be treated fairly or they start to kind of feel very um low about the fact that they're being singled out so i think that you know there's very rarely do kids kind of walk away from that sense of you know, again, being singled out in a positive way. Um, it doesn't motivate them. It doesn't, you know, drive them to kind of be constructive or whatever some parents sometimes try to justify that as. But usually it works out to be a negative thing. And as we know from, you know, all the conversations we've had in the past, that when a child kind of harbors some type of negative or some type of cognitive distortion, as we call it in, in the psych world. It's something that can tend to brew into more serious things later on down the line. So either things like anxiety or depression, kids might feel the need to overcompensate and overachieve because they feel like they need to earn that sense of acceptance, that earn that sense of equality. And so failure and not doing well in life or disappointment is something that they cannot really cope with. So you see anxiety traits come in. Kids who, again, feel like they're kind of being singled out because they don't deserve it, that becomes things like, you know, depressive symptoms and low self-esteem. And then we also have kids, like I said, who experience a significant amount of anger at the injustice of it all. So yeah, not really a positive outcome either way. We may be Cautious of it, right, Katiana? But what can we do if we see our relatives doing this to their children? Like, Such how do we approach question, this? Yeah. As much as we as parents try to address these issues, of course, we can't prevent extended family members or other adults to kind of be as aware or to practice these these corrections that we're trying to practice. So what I would say is, you know, if we can get everybody on board, have everybody be aware that this is not acceptable, then great. But of course, if things still take place and there are, you know, extended family members who kind of practices favoritism or kind of use certain phrases that highlight the fact that there is an inequality between the children. If at all possible, it's important to correct it in the moment. Reason being is because I think that children also need to be exposed to the fact that when there are certain things that are happening to them that are unacceptable and that is unfair or just not right, that the parents and especially the adults who are responsible for them are going to stand up for them. And I think that that is something that is really important because it, again, ties back to their sense of self-worth. It ties back to the fact that there are just certain things that are um, acceptable or not acceptable, and regardless of how old you are or who you are. And so I think that it, it's about making sure that we practice what we preach, right? And I think that that's a very complicated 
complicated concept because I know that you know coming from an Asian background there is this sense of sort of like hierarchy when it within family structures and so it's often not appropriate for individuals who are younger to kind of correct individuals who are older and so oftentimes what happens is that there might be interactions or things that take place which are hurtful and unacceptable um, and parents are often telling their children to kind of just accept it and let it go because it's a respect thing um, but I feel that what that really does is it doesn't teach children respect because that's respect is something that we need to show kids how to do right and the best way to do that is to demonstrate it so it becomes a very confusing thing when children are in a position where they have to constantly respect people who might who they might feel disrespect them right so I think that if at all possible if there are certain things that are happening that you as a parent are not happy with when it comes to kind of conversations and things that are being said in highlighting the inequality between your children then absolutely try to correct it in the moment you do not have to be combative you do not have to be rude but it's something that you have to kind of speak up about even if it's just in a joking manner right and even things for example it's just like nah you know we're not going to do that right I mean yes he or she could do that too you know so you could kind of brush it off in a very sort of joking you know jovial manner but just have the child recognize like oh okay so mom and dad are standing up for me but say it's not really possible um, and standing up for the child in front of this person is going to result in a confrontation or it's just something that you don't believe in doing then address it with your child after the fact so when you get home and just be like hey you know so earlier today when so and so said so and so you know I just want you to know that that's really not how we feel and we think that you know we feel very differently as mom and dad and so yes I really feel that it is still possible to address after the fact because we really don't want our kids to kind of make their own conclusions about certain situations um, because chances are they'll probably come up with the wrong conclusion so yes I think that if it's something that you're seeing try your best to um, address it in the moment so the child recognizes that that is not acceptable but if it's not at all possible then definitely address it after the fact it's a tricky one but I also think you know this is also something we can have as adult conversations if we felt like that you know adult yeah. to adult with our parents as as we've grown up as well interesting yeah. conversation it, it is it is and you can definitely listen to all of that again on the light breakfast podcast on the shock app that's s y o k you've been listening to a light fm podcast on shock that's s y o k